Hi friend, welcome back to the Let's Talk Wildlife podcast. Thank you so, so much for clicking on this episode and tuning in. I know it has been quite some time since I released an episode, so I am very thankful for you joining today. I don't think it's necessary to talk about why I took a break from the podcast. I know you guys are here for the animal content, so let's just stick to that. So in today's episode, we will be covering two of Australia's snake species, and I would also love to touch upon first aid. We will also talk about the importance of our snakes and the role that they play in our ecosystem. Thank you again for tuning in, and this is our conversation on snakes. So just to speak about snakes in general as a whole first before we get into our two beautiful species for today's episode. So snakes live all around the globe. There are roughly 200 species that reside here in Australia and of those there are about 100 venomous although only about 12 of those are really likely to kill a human. We have a variety of species of snakes that inhabit Australia. We have our blacks, our browns, pythons, file, blind snakes. Our largest snake actually lives here in Queensland, up in the far north, which is the scrub python. These big, beautiful creatures can grow up to 8 meters long and weigh up to 25 kilograms. The scrub python prefers a wet tropic environment like our rainforests, but we have snakes that live in deserts and obviously the ocean, so our sea snakes, and I find reptiles in general, but snakes, to be so fascinating because there are so many species that have adapted for life in their environment, which I would love to touch on in this episode. So our first snake that we are going to touch on is the inland taipan. So this is an Australian snake and they reside in far west Queensland into the Northern Territory. They inhabit the black soil plains in the Northern Territory region. They live where there is little to no vegetation so they cover or shelter themselves in deep cracks which is actually formed in the dry soil um, in our deserts. This protects them from predators but also keeps them out of our scorching Australian sun. And although snakes are cold-blooded, which means that they have to rely on an external heat source, too much sun will and can kill a snake. Although the inland taipan is the most venomous snake, not just in Australia, but worldwide. It lives so remote that it is rarely encountered, so there have actually been zero deaths from our inland taipan. The diet of an inland taipan consists of mammals, so the long-haired or plague rat is a special item on their food menu. The taipan hunts early morning, but it does become nocturnal in hotter weather. Something quite fascinating as well is the plague rat, um, their populations actually fluctuate year to year. 
So the inland taipan will adapt to this change and they will get quite bulky and fat during the years of abundance. So in those other years where the plague rat isn't uh, breeding as much or isn't the populations aren't as big, the inland taipan does not starve. The taipan can detect um, the rat or any type of prey by sensing movement and also odour. They also have a much better eyesight than the majority of snake species. So I get this question quite a lot and I think it is an amazing question, is how do snakes taste and how do they detect prey? So you will notice that snakes have a forked tongue and they like to flick this quite often. This is them tasting the air for their potential prey. So the chemicals hit the tongue and are passed um, to a organ called the Jacobson's organ, which is on the roof of the mouth. And then this is translated all the way to the brain, letting them know where the prey is Another great question, kind of linking to that question, is how do snakes hear? So snakes do not have an external ear. They do have the parts of an inner ear, though, like we do as well. Um, So it's slightly different in how it works from humans, but their inner ear is connected to their jawbone. So this enables them to actually sense vibrations on the ground. So although they can't hear noise like we do, they can sense the vibrations of a voice or of their prey moving around on the ground with their little feet through their jaw. So I mentioned the inland taipan being the most venomous snake in the world. So I want to talk a little bit about that and what is venom, how does it work, all that fun stuff. So venom is... A highly toxic saliva that contains a few agents that can do a lot of damage to prey and also to humans if bitten. So the venom can paralyze nerve endings, it can destroy muscle tissue and it can also cause severe bleeding. In saying that though, snakes tend to what we call dry bite which is when they will bite but no venom is injected into the prey. It will still be extremely painful and there might be some effects, but dry bite is very common and a lot of people who do get bitten by a snake will rush to the hospital and think they're about to die when in fact they have not been injected with any venom at all. But it is really smart and such a great thing to do is if you are bitten, do go to the hospital, whether that is a dry bite or a real bite. I tip my hat to all those people that do go to the hospital because there are some stories that I've heard (laughs) of people not going to the hospital. They will go out, go shopping, and we don't need to say what happens, but please always go (laughs) to the hospital, uh, call an ambulance, but we will talk more about that when we speak on first aid. Now, Take this with a grain of salt, and I may not be 100% accurate with this, but I believe that the inland taipan is 50 times 
um, more toxic. Their venom is more toxic than the Indian cobra. That is saying something. And how venom for all snakes is determined. They So back in 1970, I believe, sometime in the 70s, the Commonwealth Serum Laboratory here in Melbourne did a test. So this test consisted of mice being injected with a certain amount of venom and they wanted to see how much would kill 50% of the mice. So this became what is known as lethal dose 50 or LD50. So obviously the smaller number means their venom is more toxic. So the inland taipans, LD50 came back as 0.025 milligrams per kilogram. Now if that just sounds like a whole lot of math, that is fine. It just means that the inland taipans venom killed, just so like one, one bite killed or can kill up to 250,000 mice. So we know that eastern brown snake is also highly venomous. I believe their LD50 came back at about 0.053. So that would average to about 200,000 mice. The inland taipan though does have much shorter fangs than a lot of other snakes. Um, Their fang length comes in at 3 millimeters to about 6 millimeters long. This snake, though, is extremely reclusive and shy, and like I said, there have been no human fatalities, so please let's keep it like that. They are extremely difficult to come across. The people who do stumble across our beautiful inland Taipan are 99% of the time out searching for them, so maybe photographers or biologists. So before we continue um, on to our second snake, I would love to touch on first aid because it is lovely knowing all this knowledge about snakes, but if you are interested in snakes and you're going out there photographing them or watching them in the natural habitat, it's really important to know first aid just in case. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Also, if you go hiking a lot or obviously we live in Australia Um, or if you do live in Australia, this is a perfect habitat. We have perfect weather for our snakes, especially up in North Queensland. So it's important to know where they are, which snakes do inhabit the area that you live. So you know what to do and you are prepared if you ever come across one because there is so much fear behind snakes and everyone has a fear it is completely reasonable but obviously killing snakes or harming snakes is not acceptable so we definitely have to learn how to live alongside them and I I do hope that this podcast and future episodes will help shed some light on that and how to do that as well. So something I would love to get out of the way first is snakes cannot be identified by their color alone. Snakes vary in color so much. A brown snake is not always brown. A green tree snake is not always green. So please never identify a snake by the color. We also have to be looking at their physical characteristics like 
their teeth amount, but also their mid-body scales and their head scales. Also, if you are bitten, please never try to catch the snake or even photograph the snake. It just puts you in more danger. It also will stress out the snake. It is not necessary at all. Hospitals can identify the snake by doing a swab test at the site of the bite and they will get the results of which antivenom is needed for your bite. So taking a photo or trying to catch the snake, please, please, please do not do, um, do not attempt to do that either. And I'm pretty sure if you took a photograph of the snake and took it to the hospital, the doctor would have zero idea of what snake species they were looking at. So that is fine. Just get yourself to a hospital ASAP. Even if you are pretty certain you know which snake bit you and you are pretty certain it was a non-venomous snake, it's always a really great idea to treat it as it is a venomous snake and all first aid that we are going to cover works for all snake bites. They all follow the same procedure. So a myth about venom is that when a snake bites you, it goes directly into your bloodstream and you die. That, my friends, is not true at all. (laughs) So how this actually works is when the snake bites you, it will actually travel through uh, your lymphatic system, which is your muscles. So this is why it's really important to not move once you've been bitten. It does not get directly into your bloodstream. The only way it can get into your bloodstream is by moving through the lymphatic vessels and again this is by you moving so if you've been bitten on the arm if you are still using the arm after you've been bitten it can travel through your lymphatic vessels into the bloodstream it is really important to stay as still as possible call for help call triple zero straight away and don't cut or wash the site Again, the hospital can swab the bite to determine what snake it was and which antivenom to give to you. And do not suck (laughs) any venom out. I have heard stories about this, um, whether they are true or not. I like to think I have some faith in humanity and I would like to think they are false stories. But please do not try suck or urinate on snake bites thought would get that out of the way it is really important um so one thing you can have if you travel a lot or feel going hiking or just to keep in your car is an elastic pressure band so you can wrap this on the bite and then also immobilize it with a splint if that's possible even a stick anything just again if you've been bitten on the arm anything just to keep that arm as still as possible until you get to the emergency room snake bites do occur every year here in australia which is expected but in saying that there are only around one to two deaths each year in australia from snake bites now to my favorite species of snake the green tree python i think these guys are so beautiful i could sit and stare at them all day and not get bored they are named after their extremely vibrant color 
juvenile green tree pythons are actually yellow to orange, even red, in their first few months after they are born until they grow into that beautiful green colour. Pythons are non-venomous, so our green tree python is also non-venomous. They inhabit tropical rainforests, so up in the north of Queensland, especially around our Cape York Peninsula area. They love environments that have high humidity and thick vegetation, and they do spend most of their time up in the trees. They reach lengths of up to one and a half meters, and can weigh one to two kilograms, the females being slightly larger than the male pythons. Their lifespan is roughly 15 to 20 years, but it has been found to live up to 25 years in captivity. Our green tree python uh, also has a diet that consists of mammals and sometimes reptiles. The adults are nocturnal, meaning they hunt at night time, whereas the juveniles are usually diurnal, meaning that they hunt throughout the day. This may be a safety precaution as well, just while they're babies. The green tree python will actually locate prey by sight, and a little pit they have that can identify the animal's heat. The green tree python also has another little trick, is because they are tree dwellers, they spend most of the time up in trees, they can use their tail as a little lure, which can actually attract in prey that thinks it's a bug, um, and they end up at the wrong end of the snake, and the snake has a tasty lunch or dinner meal. The green tree python lives an extremely solitary life, only coming together to mate. I have seen a few, fair few actually, snakes wild snakes in my lifetime, including the scrub python, which is Australia's largest snake, but I have not yet to see the green tree python yet, and I say that because wishful thinking. Our green tree python and all uh, snake species worldwide are so incredibly important to our food web and to our environment. There are some species that have been, their populations are threatened due to land clearing, also domestic pets are a huge problem, not just to our snakes, but to our native wildlife, to our birds, and cane toads are also a huge problem to our snakes. Our planet requires a high level of biodiversity to maintain its healthy levels. And without snakes, rats, since snakes prey on rats, their levels would increase to such unnatural populations. And obviously this would affect their prey and it just goes on forever and ever up the food chain. So snakes are so incredibly important, but something really great is that they are protected here in Australia. So you are not allowed to kill or harm our snakes. I believe there was uh, fossils found that uh, they actually realised evolved over 130 million years ago, um, which is insane. I can't comprehend anything over about 20 years, so trying to fathom 130 million years is insane. 
But that concludes our episode on our Australian snakes. I hope you learned something interesting or something new as well and you can leave this podcast having no fears of our snakes. Thank you so much for tuning in and it just it feels so great to be back. So thank you and I will see you this time next week.